0: You're Mike Clark, and you're a Lego designer. I'm a Lego designer uh, on Instagram as uh, Brickle Jar. I've also got a website, and I've been making Lego for years. Um, and uh, so the kind of kind of stuff I make is just anything that comes into my head. Really, anything that I've got the parts for. Really looking forward to being on here and talking about Lego. Have you always been interested in Lego? I love doing you know messing around with it as a toy, as but in terms of like unlocking the the real creative power. Of the break was going on YouTube. There was such a thing called Brick Films that sort of inspired me to get a bit more creative with Lego and start understanding it as an art medium and not just a toy. <laughs> I can pinpoint the moment where I thought, "Hang on, this 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 thing is is so much more than I'm I'm seeing it as." And you realise, "Hang on, I can I can take the bits from the lion and the dinosaur, like I can make something really weird and cool, and then go, ah, oh, it's it's like a light bulb that goes off in your head. You know, it's one of those moments." What was your first bespoke creation? I don't know. I think it was like, as far as bespoke creations, that I was happy with. I was playing this game at the time. Uh, it was one of the Crash Bandicoot games. And I remember making this, and I made it from a bunch of like dinosaur parts because it had the right colors. It had gray and dark red. And Did you know from the onset exactly how you wanted it to be? Or is it something that evolved? Back then, everything was trial and error. Everything was, was tinker around with, with a certain layering of plates and bricks and until it works and until it's structurally sound i can look back at something that i made when i was nine and that would have taken hours upon hours of just like not not quite knowing uh the best way to sort of like make this joint or make this elbow but i can do the same thing now and it, it's 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 very different um but that's part of the joy. That's 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 really the fun in it. Really, like, yeah, I think the moment when I decide that a creation is finished is actually the saddest point because I'm going, "Oh, that's that's the fun part." And the endless uh, indecisiveness of, of perfection is is um, that that's the good that's the good bit, I think. And do you have a particular genre, or is it eclectic? Do you look at many things to give you ideas? It's it's really eclectic. There'll, there'll be times when I know that I want to do a replica of something. There really really is no limit to what i'm inspired by in terms of being inspired by the kind of lego stuff that others made um it was the Flickr community that helped me to sort of like realize inspiration can come from so many different places if anyone wants to get into design i highly recommend checking this guy out he's um he's on instagram and he's called space goose all one word and what he does is he sort of takes inanimate household objects like a tin opener and he reimagines it as a spaceship. So he thinks like, oh, okay, so maybe so that the top and bottom handles are like big nacelles, like big sort of engines, and then the back is some sort of like propulsion system. And then in the middle there's like a hangar bay where tiny ships come in. It's just gorgeous. And he'll always do like the side by side comparison of, of the inanimate object versus the the um the result of that inspiration. I think that's great. On your portfolio. Am I right in thinking there's a Millennium Falcon that's like a, a burger or something? There is. That is correct. A while back, there was a, a Lego community. You share your mocks there. Uh, for those who don't know, mock stands for My Own Creation. And there was a mock contest on this uh, uh, website called uh, Lego Rebrick. So there was a contest called Freighter Wars. Uh, the challenge was to build. Not the Millennium Falcon itself. Be as wacky as you want. Be as imaginative with this very basic ship design, which is kind of just a pancake with two kind of like forward prongs sticking out of it. I was one of the winners, and my idea was actually taken from at the time I was working at ASDA and one of the guys stacking the shelves was like, "Oh yeah, but you know, you know uh, how George Lucas came up with the idea for a Falcon, right? He, was, he said to, I want a spaceship that looks like a, a burger with a bite taken out of it.' with and the cockpit should be uh like a stuffed olive. Um, so I thought, oh, why don't I just do that? So I did that, took some photos of it, and and I won the the massive uh the, one of the bonus prizes, which was uh the huge Millennium Falcon that was coming out at the time. And I like it, it's it's so big I can't fit it in my flat anymore. Um about seven thousand five hundred pieces. Looking at your portfolio, the diversity of the the, the ideas, the design, the range, um, and all of it looks incredible. You got very small dinosaur egg through to futuristic cities. That your opening shot in your portfolio is—is is that something that took long to build? That's probably the longest project I've had um, throughout my entire life. <laughs> That came about as a result of uh, um, I want to cite the inspiration because he's a great builder too on Instagram. If you just search Tim Goddard, I think Tim Goddard 928. I went to a convention in Reading. A lot of people build things to minifigure scale, uh, the little figures which are about sort of a couple inches high. His was this trophy figure scale. These little figures are, are half the size, like half the height of of your average uh, Lego uh, Lego minifigure, and he built this Clone Wars diorama sort of from the clone wars star wars spin-off series uh even with like little walkers and and little tooth uh, like chicken walkers and and the, the amount of detail he was still managed to cram in at that scale was very impressive and i thought ah oh, i want to try this scale now uh so i went home uh about a month later and and that was when the pandemic hit right so i thought oh god all the time in the world to build this amazing lego thing so i started um with the sort of shape of the monorail, cause I knew that that, I wanted that to sort of like outline the city sort of be on the outskirts. So I was messing around, like figuring out what what sort of pieces to use. I kept working on that for about a year or so. I I remember running into a problem with the monorail. I want to have a train that um, is small enough to sort of uh, be in the scale of this trophy figure kind of scaled city but there's no Lego motors that are that small. So I used a bike chain and that didn't work. It failed completely. It's very hard to know whether or not something's going to work just by sort of looking at it. There's so much trial and error involved. The solution was to actually make it more like a proper bike chain that you would get on the bike and have gaps in it. But it still runs into problems. It would run for about two minutes and then get camera shy it's received a lot of uh, great feedback at, at shows and there i feel like you're stepping out of the sort of comfort zone of social media and and the sort of praise and love and feedback and and you know inspiration that you you give to to children and adults alike is is a lot more real than just a, a post on instagram to be honest with you especially when you have like some very talented builders come up to you and and sort of one of my favorite designers in my head when i was designing the shape of these kind of ships and and so i took it to the show and lo and behold that designer was sitting opposite me and so he came over and he and he said oh yeah, i really like the designer and i was like yes that was you that you are solely responsible for for me creating this kind of design really Because do you recycle the bricks or do you keep them as of the last two years I think there's actually no point in me uh, recycling the bricks because um, more so for the fact that it just takes too long. Um, Everything I destroy, I I, I sort of would like to um, set aside time to actually sort the parts back into my collection. And that is just, that's probably one of the major caveats of this hobby, I think, is sorting. Some people love it, some people hate it. People sort in different ways. Uh, A lot sort just by one color, but I tend to sort by category. And yeah, yeah, there would definitely be a time where, like, I would, I would only leave something built for a photography session, and then if some friends come over, I can show it. One of my plans with the city that I just described to you is that eventually it would be nice to destroy, but I can create a story out of that. So. Phase two of of this story that I've created for this city is an alien invasion, so I could begin destroying some of the skyscrapers that I I look at and definitely go, oh yeah, I might need these parts later, but I can make it look like an aliens destroyed them, and then have uh, various uh, defense forces trying to trying to fight the aliens off. So you can you know you can you can make some fun out of it. I think. Where do you actually build this? Do you have a workshop? I sort of have a countertop and. Uh, six massive drawers that i bought from home base um of parts and then i just um I, but i tend to build on the desk so i'll sort of like shimmy between grabbing all the parts and then you know moving around but um recently i was lucky enough to be contacted by um uh, a guy called jason who's in charge of a company called uh, playwell bricks as of now as of uh, any commissions that come through through playwell bricks i'll probably be designing in the digital world Digital world is great for when your desk is cluttered, or when you don't actually have that much space, or when you're looking to build something massive. I think the only the only thing that stopped me from using Brickling Studio for the the city uh, was that I knew that there was so much of it that was going to move. And I thought it would just be pointless to to try and figure out a, a moving thing in in a digital world where there's no physics engine has the city got a name yes it way? is called sine wave city and i can give you some of its backstory so it's sort of uh, you know uh, in, in a world where spotify puts chips in your brains so that you can listen to music while you dream you know and then you wake up going hey i need to buy the new justin bieber album it's, it's one of those horrible dystopias um that everyone thinks is great on the outside but you know, in actuality, if you try to live here for a week, you're going to hate it. Is that something you know from the from the get go? I want this to have this particular color scheme and this kind of feel. I mean, it's it's. Um, have you seen that film Metropolis? You know, that very old fashioned film? Fritz Lang. It looks. Uh- Kind of reminiscent so, of that. I mean, someone just, did, uh, but that's black and white though. So that's uh, very interesting. The architecture, the lines on the cityscape. It kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of that kind of feel. Do you know what? Um, I, when I posted the fo- these photos on uh, social media, um, there was one of my friends who said, oh, I love this. It's very Fritz Lang metropolis. And I, I said, oh, I need to watch that. It's been on my list for ages. And I still haven't watched it. But in terms of the colours, uh, yeah, I watched Tron once and I thought, oh, I love this uh, neon blue. Um, and it it did, ha- it sort of, it was coincidental that I did happen to have a lot of it in my collection anyway. Um, and in, and some of the shapes actually were inspired by playing games like Metroid. Um, and in turn, a lot of the architecture in, in sort of the 3D Metroid games, Metroid Prime is sort of inspired by Giga. So, yeah, there's all sorts of like very ergonomic alien sort of shapes. I mean, especially this sort of central tower here you've got and um and actually uh there's there's one or two so this this sort of tower here looks like a fishbone. Um I'm trying to think if I can zoom in. Oh, it can actually. Okay. That I wasn't expecting the bricks to do that, but uh like I was saying earlier, Lego has a tolerance and and a sort of give to it. Um and, and what happened here with the sort of curve was that it was building up and up and up and it just kind of like, it sort of collapsed in on itself in its own weight. So I thought, how do, how do, why don't I play play to that weakness and create this sort of... shit? And I, I was sort of inspired by the the Gherkin building in, in London, actually, like the kind of shape that that forms as it goes up. So, and there's even one building, I think, which looks a bit like the... Oh that's sort of the Seattle Space Needle as well. I love the architecture of that. If we just look at some of the other creations in your portfolio The Dragons, they were a fun one because I didn't really need I didn't really use any reference material as such. Um uh, which is why I think the limbs were the hardest part. Like the head and the the wings were, were not were not too sort of uh challenging. But um when it came to doing like dragon limbs, there's when you when I was looking at reference material everyone loves to, to paint dragons with, with just like the most amazing heads and jaws and necks. And then, then all their limbs are like curled up yeah. and they're like sitting, sitting like a cat and like, well, this doesn't help me. I need to know what their limbs look like. So, so that was, that was a really difficult part. Um, but I actually, um, I, I, so I, they were in a shop in Glastonbury somewhere. Um, uh, my, my partner at the time had some, and um, some good connections with sort of like very nice secondhand shops around Glastonbury, and this one sold, uh, which is really nice. So it's it's now in a loving home somewhere. Um, uh, the other one is still there, I think, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So someone purchased this, someone bought this from you, uh, yeah. So so I think I I think I earned a commission from it. So um, or, or rather, the, the the shop that sold it, um, I earned a percentage of that. So one of the commissions I took took on board was the Titanic. Um, and I found that through uh, an event. Um, it was very random. Like None of the stuff I displayed at this event for sale was was um, uh, at all related to the Titanic. But, but this family just came up and, and they said, oh, my, my grandson, or my son loves the Titanic. Can you make it like a scale model? And I thought I'd put the iceberg in as well. Um, and so I wanted to make it bigger. But um, their budget would, would not allow me to make it any bigger, really, so I had to be realistic. Um, I think the one, the one thing that I hate about this build, actually, I'll be honest, is I did not spend enough time getting proper printed uh, plaques mm. or or the windows. The windows just look horrid. So, so it's definitely something I, I'd, I'd go back and change if I had had the chance to. So they're stickers. That's what you put on. It, it, yeah, they're they're, they're 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 no, they're not even stickers. They're just they're honestly they're just sharpie. Okay. <laughs> you um, yeah. Okay. But if I if I had the chance, I would would print it properly, or or maybe leave them out entirely. You know, because outside of that, it's still recognisable. Oh, yeah. I I have, I have to say, the iceberg is is one of the best parts of it. You know, to think you weren't sure whether to include it, but I mean, it's it's kind of synonymous. The two go hand in hand, on the Titanic and the the iceberg and the because you can now buy the Titanic. Uh, there's a lego kit and it costs something like 600 quid and it, it doesn't fit in anyone's house so what's the even point it's so big but that doesn't come with an iceberg no uh you have to make that yourself Are you? i think perhaps it would be too sensitive uh for descendants of people who who <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what i'm saying anymore <laughs> <laughs> the way you've got the detail in some of these models it looks incredible thank you yeah, i think like there are some Lego parts uh that you might you might discover and you just go, Ah, hang on. This this was made for this moment. That how have I not and, and, and oftentimes when I'm designing something, um, I will take just one piece and sort of use that as, as 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 the built like the foundation. And normally when I use that piece as the foundation, it sort of sets the scale. So I think about like an eye on this Magnemite, for example, and I think, okay, that's, that's how big I want that to be. Um, and then to build off around that. Uh, and then everything else, you know, hopefully sort of um, fits in place. These two purple uh, elements at the end, they're uh, actually spaceship cockpits that I've just sort of sandwiched together uh, to create this sort of uh, energy compartment of this gun and and it comes from this set that no one else wanted so it was heavily discounted it was sort of like 50% off and it was like this this little bus from the lego movie 2 and it just has the most amazing parts in it yeah. I and mean, in, in incredible colors so i thought well i'm getting some of them and uh, so in terms of how you source parts do you um buy sets to cannibalize the bits for creations or how does it work yeah a lot of the time I mean sometimes I'll I'll buy a set if I know that it's good value, I won't even bother building the thing. The the thing in the instructions because I know that whatever I'm gonna build is, is gonna be more enjoyable. Um and that's not not a disservice to the design of, of the thing. I mean, um I'm actually a bit annoyed at the moment um because of one of my builds that I, I ideally I wouldn't want to destroy it without making instructions because I know that it's gonna be something that other people would love to try themselves. I think there might be a better photo of it, but let's do that one for now. So, um you so make th- the instructions. Sorry Mike, you actually make instructions so people can follow your your process and build the thing. I have done, themselves. yeah. Uh one or two times I, I've done the instructions. Um I've I, I, I do not think I've got any at the moment that are actually public, unfortunately. Um maybe that will be something that comes in the future. Um but this is something that I want to make instructions for that I haven't had the time to do so. And it's actually, it's created from a, a Porsche racing car kit, a Technic uh, Porsche. Uh, um, and the problem here is I do actually really like that that model of car, uh, but I can't build it yet because I don't want to take this apart without not knowing how to build it again. Because um, it's a great little Halloween decoration. It's, it's um, fantastic. Yeah. So, so is that sometimes you're a bit wary about how you, being able to duplicate it to replicate it because once it's you'll once you've taken it apart you'll never quite get it back to how it looks yeah yeah because um there's lots of stuff that say like uh with the city for example there's there's lots of modules that that move and do things Mm. uh and and over time like i'll need to go back into the design and into the engineering to to fix something and, and it becomes harder that the longer you the longer the time that you spent outside of of doing that engineering because you're going back and you go hang on how did this work how did i create this because it was just so long ago um so yeah that's that's a challenge i would say um but hopefully um i will get to build the actual car that that, that is meant to be built from from all these parts uh so from talking to to yourself and other people in the community, it does seem that there's there's so much more that's possible from using Lego that is commercially available from Lego. It's like you look at these ideas and, like you say, Lego the company are, are kind of have to strike this balance between what's functional and playable and, and what you know is stylish and and you know um, and it's constantly trading off what is possible for the sake of, of of children who predominantly play with it or the builders themselves. And talking to builders like yourself, it, they've come up with so many ideas. It's almost like you could set up your own business. Uh, I know, you, I know you, you, there are companies out there, but the kind of breadth that you can, the models that you can create from Lego, it, it's just limitless. And, um, you know, there's so much more that people would, I, I imagine a lot of these would be very desirable. Like you say, the skull would be brilliant on Halloween. It just looks incredible in anyone's lounge or house, just having something like that. It's a real talking piece. But hmm. there's so much to talk about with it. And and I think one of the one of the most powerful communities in terms of what you mentioned, uh, the kind of stuff that Lego won't have the, the faculty or, or the sort of design philosophy to really produce themselves. Uh, and I think one of the bigger things is licensing. But one of the biggest Lego's ethos is, is um, they don't make military sets. Uh, or, or at least if they have done, they've been recalled. Uh, the biggest sort of blunder in most recent years was Lego created a technic model of the Bell Boeing V-22 Osprey, uh, which got recalled about a month after it started hitting shelves. So it now goes on eBay for something like nearly a grand uh, when the retail price was only meant to be 200. So it's a fully functional tilt-rotor uh, VTOL aircraft because it comes in a military version, Lego thought we will need to uh recall it. Um, so only a only a small handful of people have their hands on that set. But uh, you know, in turn, there is a huge community of Lego builders who create uh model aircraft, uh, everything from World War One to uh modern day to sort of like Royal Air Force, uh Navy, uh Russian aircraft, and it's incredible. And and there is a real meticulous sort of passion that comes through in that because and i think maybe that passion is doubled because it feels very rebellious to to really sort of tap into something that lego would never do um and in also in engineering ways that they might not do as well some of the most it's a great uh designer i think based in southampton actually where i'm from called ralph savilsberg and he's he's well known for creating military vehicles um but, but that's also one of the great things about when people bring, you know, their ideas to the community, they also bring their style. Uh, I think one thing I love about Lego is is when you can recognize, oh, that's a so-and-so build from just like their building style. And, and And one of the differentiators is I like building everything smooth. I like smooth surfaces. I like to cover up my studs, you know, the knobs that you see. Yeah. Uh, other people they leave them exposed, and it's, it's sort of a retro feeling when you have this, this gorgeous air, aircraft, but it's all study, it's all knobbly. <laughs> um, but you know, then you know that that's that person, and it's it's everyone's offering a part of their brain in that in that aspect, um, which is just incredible. Really, it's been great talking to you. Your passion and and your knowledge really comes across with the Lego community. Everyone's so positive and inclusive. Although, yeah, it's definitely one of the things I want to say as well. You know, don't feel like you don't have the skills to to um, take part in this community because it really is welcoming of all, all skill sets. If you want to learn, you can. If you if you're not interested in learning and you just want to share silly things, then that that's there for you as well. We have in the London Asphalt community, we have all types of builders, uh, and that's what really makes it special. If people want to contact you, I'm on Instagram mostly, um, and that is at Brickle Jar. So B R I C K L E J A R a little pun. On the website there is a contact link. So if you if you are interested in having something bespoke made out of Lego, um, feel free. Thanks, Mike. It's been fantastic. Thank you, Tony.